10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Coming up a very full week to recap in the world of A-State athletics. The basketball teams competing in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Pensacola. We'll give you the full rundown of what happened there. It was also a busy week for A-State baseball. They played five games with wins in three of those contests. We'll give you a full recap of those games. But speaking of A-State baseball, we have our special guest in studios. We lead off the program with catcher from Stuttgart, Arkansas, John Hoskin is here. How you doing, John? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm glad you're here. You know, as soon as I say your name, though, I was going to bring this up at some point, but I might as well bring it up now. You've got the best walk-up song on the team. <laughs> uh, Big so, Bad John. They, when, I, when I told somebody today we were coming to record the podcast and who our guest was, that's what I said. Oh, he's got the best walk-up song. Funny story about that. So um, my freshman year of high school, the seniors were picking on me like, hey, we're going to pick your walk-out song this year. I was like, okay, like hit me up. Sure enough, it was Big Bad John. So, like, I've kept it since I was 14 or 15. I've had it. Now I'm 22. I've had it for eight years now, but I've I've always loved it. I thought you were going to almost apologize to him because that's what I feel like doing. Because, number one, I can't imagine what percentage of the time you get called Hoskins <laughs> and, and what percentage of the time, even if they know it's Hoskins, it still gets misspelled because it's a Y instead of an I. Yes, sir. It's... I've kind of dealt with that my whole life, like <laughs> teachers and stuff. Like, but, you know, it's not that big of it. Just, you know, just a why. Nothing big. Well, I, I like that there's a throwback song. There's usually not a song that's older than three or four years old when somebody comes to the plate. But this is a little bit of a throwback and, and cool that you've had it as long as you have. Yes, From a team standpoint, we'll get into your personal story here in just a minute, but rough season last year. Yes, sir. But we bring in 22 newcomers in the offseason, off to a 7-5 and five start this season. How different does it feel right now? The energy in the, the dugout, the, the locker room is just so much better. I think we all just generally, like, love each other and, like, just want the best for each other. And, like, that was something that, like, nothing against those guys last year because I loved those guys last year. But that's something that we kind of struggled with last year for sure. But everybody just kind of wants to get after it. Like, these guys, we're all hungry. Like, we want, we want to play. And I know a little bit later, you know, Matt and I will go into more detail, kind of breaking down last week. But but there was a game, uh, the, the last game you guys played on Sunday. You scratch and claw and work your way to a seven to one lead, and it lasted a half inning. They come back, get six to tie it. You guys come back, get the win, eight seven, get right back and get a go ahead run in the bottom of the seventh, and it didn't seem like that would have happened right. last year. Right. I think we just like, hey, no big deal. Like we all trust each other. Like. We all can swing it, I think, and one through nine, like we can swing it. So like, I, none of us freaked out, and like we were like, all right, let's let's go. Like, you're going to tie it, we're going to bounce right back. So I think that was a big thing for us Sunday. Yeah, and you were catching in that game on Sunday. Yes, sir. Had a couple of hits in that game, but had to be fun to catch that final strike from Jake Algy. Here's uh, a guy that's been here a few years, just like you have, right. and. You know, Kevin Wiseman not able to go in that closer role over the weekend, but Jake comes in, gets a two-inning save, gets 
all six guys he faces, that had to be a fun moment. Uh, it was, it was, I, was, I was so happy for him because, like you said, I, me and Algie came in together our freshman year, so we've been here for four years. But when he starts getting amped up, man, just I'm like, oh, this, this, this guy's awesome. Like, this guy can – he just brings a lot of energy. And, like, when he went through that final strike, I was like, this is good for him. Like, that's awesome. So what's it like to be a, uh, a catcher in the pitch clock era? You know, I, I really haven't thought about that much. I just kind of like just set up and go. But with uh, the technology we're using nowadays, like it's just it's so much quicker. So I guess I don't really like think of it that much. So everybody else, and we've talked about this, everybody else has their wristband, right? That's right. coming. But what with the catcher, you have that? Mm-hmm. You have that and an earpiece or just that? No, sir. We just have that. Coach Dunn, like he uh, put the earpiece in and the thing at one of our scrimmages this fall just because if this didn't work he's going to tell us what yeah. to put down but for the most part this, it works so we haven't really done the earpiece at all yeah it does speed things along a little bit more but uh, i want to get into your story and you're from stuttgart mentioned that tell us uh about growing up there how'd you get into baseball i'd have to say uh my parents just kind of threw me in t-ball and i was like oh this is this is fun like yeah i, I like to hit it far and like throw hard like this is cool and then um my grandpa uh he's like all right if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it right like he just kind of was like if you're gonna work hard like go do it and then um I kind of just got into it and kept getting into it and then the one guy that really kind of just brought my like just love for baseball was this guy named uh, Tommy Jester out of uh Pine Bluff he doesn't live there anymore but he was a catching coach and he was rough like he he gets after you for sure but um he would have me out there like three, four hours a day just blocking baseballs. Just, hey, if you want it, you go get it. But he just taught me how to work the game with the game of baseball, and like it just, I loved it. Typically what happens when you see these kids come up is that literally the one that can catch it best gets stuck playing catcher. Usually they hate it. They're scared. They don't want to. So when did you start catching and, and realize <laughs> you, it was, you didn't hate it? You wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> I always tell people this. Um, so when I was little, I couldn't feel the ground ball to save my life. Like seven, eight years old, couldn't get a glove on it, nothing. So <laughs> I think uh, pitching machine, they're like, this just, I was like, dad, I want to catch. He's like, son, your knees are going to be bad when you get old. Like you don't want to catch. He's like I want to catch. So I, I, I started catching, just kind of been back there ever since. You catch, you started catching just to keep from fielding grounders. That's right. Like, uh-huh. Couldn't couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, did you play any other sports? I, d- I played uh, I played basketball for a few years, and then yeah. my second love was football. Stutt- uh, Stuttgart football is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, but I was yeah, I was gonna say because like it's the first time I re- you know you don't see, I don't see these you guys out of uniform much. So like when I walk in here and you get this big thick chest, I'm like well, it's gonna be a crying shame if he sits down here and say he didn't play football. In Stuttgart. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was looked down upon if like you didn't play football. I was like, so I'm, I'm gonna play football for sure. Your talent was on the baseball field. Sure. Four year starter in high school, an all state selection. When did you decide? How did you decide that Arkansas State was the place you wanted to be? So at the time, my junior year, nobody was interested in me. Like I was just a guy playing ball. I wasn't worried. I, I just loved playing ball. And then um, Guarno came up to me like just one day and he was like hey man like how you doing I'm like oh, i'm good like what's your name like just random conversation <laughs> and uh he, he he calls me he's like hey um arkansas state's interested in you and i was like it was like my only offer at this point and um i was like yeah yeah like 
I've seen Arkansas State. Like, I've been around it. My aunt lives in Jonesboro, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, this is an awesome place to go. So I didn't really give much hesitation. I was like, they offered me, and I was like, sign me up. I'm ready to be a Red Wolf. Well, we're glad you came. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, you get here, and in 2021, you're seeing some time. You, you get off to a good start at the plate, but a wrist injury. Yes, sir. You know, that kept you out most of the year. I'm sure that had to be frustrating for you. For sure. Uh, so I kind of battled with it as soon as I got back from uh, Christmas break, just agging pain just all the time. And then so our trainer, Lorenzo, he was like, hey, man, we're going to try and fix this and just see if you can – because the MRI wouldn't show anything. Like, for the longest time, I kept going back, and they're like, there's nothing wrong with it. I was like, there is something wrong with this wrist. So me and Lorenzo just – I went to treatment every morning. We worked on it, and if I got to play that day, tape, braces, everything on this wrist. And then I remember uh, at Mississippi State that year, I took one swing. I was like, I can't hold the bat. Like, I can't even feel my fingers. Like, there's something wrong. And, yeah, it was very frustrating because, like, I got to see some time that year, and I was like, this is fun. Like, but for sure, it was very frustrating at that point. Now, did you have surgery at some point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, after Mississippi State, I went back, and um, they finally said, you have the the hook of the handmate. It's very common in baseball players. But um, they said, you you broke it off. And then, all right. So What's it called? The hook of the handmate. Um, I didn't realize how common it was for baseball players to to get it, but there's this little hook on your hand, and it chips off just from swinging all the time. Hmm. So, yeah, um, got surgery. Came back that summer, got healthy again, and then the car accident. But, yeah. Well, okay, you kind of take us into that. You you get healthy after the surgery. Yes, sir. And October 10th of 2021 was a day that you'll never forget. Yes, sir. A car accident. Tell us about that day. What happened? Okay, so uh, me and my girlfriend usually, like, we like to cook together on, like, Sunday afternoons, like, like she'll come pick me up or whatever, and uh, we'll go to Walmart. So we went to Walmart, and so as we're driving, uh, stop at this red light, and just boom, all of a sudden, and like had no idea what was going on. Now she was driving. She was driving. I was in the passenger seat, sitting at a red light. So we were about to stop at a red light, like we were inching our way to a stop, but it just kind of happened so quick. But we were never completely stopped. But um, he was going about. 75 i think was the police report and uh and this is down johnson is that right let's think we're talking a half a mile from the ballpark yes sir like just a normal sunday afternoon at three o'clock in the afternoon he clips our i guess our right rear and we spin around and then we start rolling onto traffic like we actually rolled onto a truck went airborne did a few more rolls and then landed in the trees right beside uh stadium view so uh, we're in and out. Like, I'm in and out. I know it's I'm like, oh, oh crap, we're in, we've been in a car accident. Didn't really realize how serious it was until uh, my girlfriend was like, John, I'm coughing up blood. I was like, oh, crap, like, we're dead. Like, that's my first thought. But eventually uh, we we got out. Uh, she got out first, put her in an ambulance. She went to um, St. Bernard's. And then it took them 45 minutes to cut me out of the car. They put me on a ambulance and they put me on a helicopter and then they sent me off to memphis where i was resting to surgery for my neck 
cervical fusion is what it's called. And then um, they had to clean out my arm. I had 100 plus stitches all over my body. I still have glass in my arm. I'm still picking at it sometimes. Uh, I had 12 staples in my head, severe concussion. Out of all that crazy stuff, I had two sprained ankles, which was probably one of the worst. Just walking around. Two sprained ankles. Two sprained ankles was terrible. Don't ever do it. But it was was crazy. You conscious during all this? So I I was very in and out. My girlfriend was like, I was upside down, and she was partially like. And you're concussed. Right. I'm like, oh. She was almost out. One more roll, and she wouldn't have had her legs. Like She was out of the car halfway in halfway out but um i was so like in and out she was in the whole time i guess and then she finally blacked out after she got out but she kept like moving me she's like john like move your feet move your arm do something like just let me know that you're alive or not paralyzed so i was like yeah i'm I'm good but i was just like i'd be in for like 10 seconds go out for five so the thing happens in a blink, right? And right. so you say, you, you kind of talk to her, you realize we're in a crash. But then you said it takes 45 minutes to get you out of there. What do you remember about that? I instantly just feel relief. I, I don't know if it was just because, like, I was bleeding so much or what. But, like, they used the jaws of life on me. And, like, they just opened it up. And I just felt just instant relief. And then somebody was just pulling me out. And I finally see the sun. I'm like. Well, I remember, what are you thinking, like, during that process, though? Like, I just didn't know what was going through my head. Like, I just, like, I'm, like, I'm dead. Like, there's no shot I should, should have survived this. Like, I'm just, like, I am, I'm gone. Like, this is, I was just so rattled and just so didn't know how to put my thoughts together. And just, I was, like, I'm dead. You talked about your injuries. Now, your girlfriend was injured, too. Yes, sir. And she, she's an athlete. Yes, sir. As she, well. She runs track. She's a short sprinter. She runs fast. Not like me, I'm. but she ended up breaking her neck her neck injuries were a little more they were more severe than mine so basically mine was just they just infused it i've got like a i don't really remember what all they told me it was in my neck but it's like a, a plate and then maybe two screws but her vertebrae where she broke hers was like the c6 and c7 one of them was completely crushed. One of them was like at a complete 90 degree angle. I don't know what all they had to do, but they had to go in there and put, she has a lot more uh, metal in her neck, but um, yeah, they had to go in and fix it and put it all together. And it was a, she had a bigger brace than me. Like it was from her waist to her neck and I was just on my neck. Bottom line is both of you were severely injured yes, in sir. this. I'm sure you thought your baseball career was certainly oh, over oh, at this point. Yes, sir, for sure. Uh, when I first got in the ambulance, I, like I, my first question was like, how, like, how's my girlfriend? Like, where is she? Like, is like, what's going on? They didn't really answer my questions at that point. Uh, they didn't know. But um, finally went to the hospital. My mom finally comes in, and I'm like, just she. I see like the tears in her eyes. Like she's like, you're gonna be okay, and like she could just tell off the look, like. She's fine. Like, I, I didn't even say anything. She's like, she's fine. She's in the hospital. She's good. And then after surgery, like, it just kind of just hit. I'm like, well, there goes my baseball career. Like, I didn't think that this was going to, like, I was going to go anywhere from this. Like, I thought yeah. I was just going to be done. Because fusion, a lot, I mean, most athletes, you get fusion. You can go on and live your life, but, like, you're competing is a lot of time it's over. Yes, sir, for sure. But the, the guy that uh, did my surgery was – very smart. My mom did not trust him at all. Just, <laughs> just cause she had, well, she had all these just emotions going around and like, 
I love my mom to death. Like when she's in those certain situation, it's her little boy. Something clicks and ended up finding out like this was like one of the best neuro orthopedic surgery, Mm -hmm. like in the, like the South, like dude was a magician, but he said, yeah, you'll be up and running in about five months. I was like, sweet. Nobody else can see it, but we can looking at your right arm here and it's chewed up. Oh yeah. So like, and you said you still pick a glass in it, but like, so if you look and see that, like, what do you, what's make you think? I kind of, I've always wanted a tattoo, which my mom hates tattoos. <laughs> Everybody hates tattoos. So, like, when I look at it, I'm like, well, you know, that's a pretty sick tattoo. That's a better story like, than know, a tattoo. Like, it's, it's a yeah. good story. Yeah. That's, that's a heck of a conversation story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'd go and when people would ask, like, me and my dad started making, like, stories, like, just tell them like you got in a knife fight in Mexico. It's all. It's just always. It's the. It's the. The classic. You should see the other guy. Yeah, for sure. My favorite one was was uh, I got in a fight with a grizzly bear, and I've got it mounted in my house. And like, that's uh, a good one. The people in my class would just look at me, and like their eyes would get this big around, and just, what? I was like, yeah, just it's in my house. Big bad John, bigger and badder <laughs> than ever. <laughs> all right, so tell us about trying to come back i mean when did you start to think about playing baseball again oh it was i'd have to say probably about three months after the accident so i had to wear my brace for probably i think a month or so or two months how long were you in the hospital three days three days okay well the med in memphis is they fix you up and they send you home but i was in the hospital for three days in a neck brace for like six, seven weeks. Had to go to physical therapy for a month or two. And then I was like, all right, like, I'm going to try and get back. I, at this point, I'd gained like 20 pounds of of not good weight. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do anything. You had a pretty good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> so I started throwing again and like hitting here and there. And like, I think I officially got released by my surgeon in March. Okay. So, so the season was already right. underway. So I started catching bullpens, I think, in February just to see if I could do it. Started catching them. I was fine. Like just I just kinda I put my knee down, just kinda just caught, I didn't move or anything. I started lifting and getting after it probably like in February or so, just kinda like very soft, very minimal stuff I could do. And about then, the time the season's gonna start. Right. And I would say I didn't get fully a hundred or ninety five percent until like this August or last August. Yeah. So it took me that whole season and then that whole summer and then most of the fall and then I was like, yeah, I think I'm at close to a hundred percent. Well, it, it was cool to see you just come back last year, number one. Yes, sir. And then I, I know you did serve as the bullpen catcher for a good part of the season. Yes, sir. But on top of that, you did get some at bats last year at the end of the season including a hit in that final series of the season in monroe do you remember that is that something that i don't know if you're standing at first base at that moment thinking man i never thought i'd get a chance to do that again i did love the hit that day i was like that's my first of the year like that's awesome like i was for it but uh, i think the biggest like at bat for me, last year was my first one back at Missouri mm-hmm. State last year. It might have been like 12 to 1 at that point. And it was like the bottom of the ninth. They just kind of stuck me in there. I think I'd gotten released like a week before. And he was like, here you go. You got – here's your at bat. And I remember like it feeling so good off the bat. But it was, it was just a pop-up like to left field or something. And I was like, 
I just felt so good for no reason. But like, I went, I went back into the uh, the locker room. I just kind of sat there. I was like, I thought I was about to cry. Like I was like, that was awesome. Like just being in the box is just, I just missed it so much. I think. I'm sure. Yeah. So I want to backtrack. Three days in the med. So, yes, and I was your mom's right there in the middle of the action. So when you get released, is it to Stuttgart or to Jonesboro? Where'd you go? They took me to Stuttgart. I went home for three weeks, so I could not, couldn't shower by myself. I had to be bathed by my parents. Uh, they had to dress me, feed me. The most annoying part of it all was probably uh, dealing with my arm because they had to rewrap it, wrap it back on, cut like all this stuff, and make sure it was wasn't infected or anything like that. That took probably an hour every time they did it but yeah they they had to take care of me for a solid three weeks and then i went back to jonesboro after those three weeks just so i can try and finish out the semester with school what's the first time you saw your girlfriend let's see it was that saturday so wreck happened on sunday so it took till saturday and then i saw her on saturday yep how like where uh so she lives in sheridan Arkansas so it my mom so she couldn't ride in the car so I was the one like I could ride in the car so my mom or my dad would have to they'd take they'd take me to go see her every once and then good yes sir so you continued to make your comeback you said you felt like you were finally at 100 percent sometime this past off off season in in August Mm -hmm. coach Raffo has told me that you're one of the most improved players on the team this season there was a really special moment the first week of the season before the first games at the grand slam banquet you were named the edway heart and hustle award winner now edway was a great friend and uh, one of my favorite people on the planet i know brad thought a lot of him as well but he's also from stuttgart yes sir so what did it mean to you to get that award so First off, my aunt knew him, and a lot of people in my family knew him, and like they, this this guy was pretty neat. Like this guy was awesome. I was like, well, this this must mean a lot to like just get this award. But I think the the biggest takeaway I got from that award was like, like I think I just kind of I don't really know how to explain it. I just like it was a big deal to me. It was a huge deal, and like I'd finally like gotten past. The wreck, I think. That was, like, just, like, it's always with me, but, like, it's, like, you're in a hole, and then, like, I just kept digging and digging, trying to get out of that hole, and then, like, I got that award. I'm, like, well, I think this is past me now. And, like, to see, like, all these these guys, like, Drew Tipton and Jalen DeSager and Carter Holt get all this this, this award, like, those guys, like, get it, and then I get it. I'm, like, this is pretty cool because Drew Tipton was, like, one of my mentors, like, when I first got here, and when he got it, then I got it. I was, like, yeah, this this is a really big deal. This is awesome. Well, I can tell you that Ed Way would be thrilled with you winning this award and what you've shown coming back the way you have. I mean, what what an amazing story. <laughs> yes, sir. So I want to ask, I mean, like as, as we're recording this, again, you guys won your last game. You had started behind the plate, had a couple of hits. Right now, you know, how do you compare yourself as a player to – pre-accident john hoskin let's see so i think uh a lot of it is uh when i go on the field like now it's like i'm never taking this for granted ever again because i just i don't think people realize like 
it could all end in the snap of a finger. So and not a red light. Yes, sir. Like it just it just happened so quick, and like that year was done. But now it's just like I want to get out there and work as hard as I can for the guy next to me, just because like we never know when this when I have to finally hang up my shoes again. Like that hit. Like I was like. When you're like a freshman or a sophomore, like oh, like th- that, that's a long way away. But like it happened, and the wreck happened. I was like, well, you know, it could happen tomorrow. So like, I want to play hard and want to play for these guys. I'm sure it's not the way you wanted to get this perspective, but you have a whole new perspective on life after this, oh, don't you? Yes, sir. Like I just want to live life and like just do whatever I can. Just don't take it for granted. Don't take life for granted. Just have fun with it and do it with people you love and have fun man good luck to you the rest of the season man there's a lot of people pulling for you and um, appreciate you coming in today yes sir thank you for having me that's john hoskin joining us here on the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank more to come right after this you raised your family here did every july 4th here refinished the floors here twice sized up your daughter's boyfriends here waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave This place has given you all you've dreamed of, and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. The A-State basketball teams making the trip to Pensacola last week for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. This is the third straight year they've held it in Pensacola and I've really enjoyed going down there they do a good job and that's a good venue there at the Pensacola Bay Center but went down there hoping both A-State teams could make a little bit of noise and they did opening round was on Tuesday and it was good to see the men come out and and play well that was a fun game on Tuesday against Coastal Carolina Red Wolves hit a season high 14 threes in that one that's the most threes they've made in a single game since 2016 but it was fun to watch Terrence Ford matched a season high with 25 points in that one it was good to see the senior Marquise Davis kind of go out on a really high note he played well in both games last week for the Red Wolves, but he had 20 in this one. Omar El-Sheikh had 13 points, 15 boards, but a scary moment in that game with about seven minutes to go. Caleb Fields, who's been playing with that fractured left wrist the entire season, ends up going down. He was in so much pain, and when you saw him, you thought, well, this may be a little bit different than the other times he's gone down this year. Yeah, same thing. This is the right, this is the time he's finally not coming back because he just he kept you, you play a whole season like that and every shot you take on it every every time you fall and you land on it and this time he kind of got he kind of got up in the air and got honestly sort of pulled down and off balance landed right on that wrist and you know in my head I'm thinking the same thing. This is this is the finally one the one he's not coming back from and well we were wrong again. Well I know. You would text me, and you weren't the only one to text me, asking about updates on Caleb. He wasn't practicing Wednesday, but he wasn't in a whole lot more pain than he was before. So by no one's surprise, I guess, he was out there again 
in the second round on Thursday. Just so tough. This guy threw all the pain. And it's not just the wrist. He, he battled an ankle injury most of the season, too. But he never missed a single game. No. And it just shows his toughness. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, then you're either uh, a, a big Arkansas State fan or really confused. And if you're the first, a big Arkansas State fan, then, I mean, you just – you know, you you should just uh, tip your cap. You should honestly stand and applaud for this kid because he, he gave it all this season to uh, our school. Well, the Red Wolves, as a team, just gave it all in both of these games. And again, they they win eighty six sixty nine against Coastal Carolina, and then played Troy in the second round on Thursday. And unfortunately, it had a kind of a familiar vibe to it because you go back two weeks before the tournament Troy was in here in Jonesboro and the Red Wolves led by 10 midway through the second half Troy was able to come back and win that game and kind of deja vu A-State had a 12-point lead on Thursday with nine minutes to go and just couldn't hold on as Troy comes back to win at 63 to 59. You know, sometimes it's something so simple. Like that Troy run really gets started because they got a rebound on the missed free throw. Right? I mean, because they end up getting a four-point trip. They hit a free throw, missed the second one, got a rebound, and hit a three. And all of a sudden, that 12 is eight. And then the, you know, by the time you go get another stop, to come down at six. And all of a sudden, you're, it's like, ugh. You knew that a run was coming sooner or later. And, uh, you know, it did at a point in time where and, and I, they were doing some things on offense or they were doing some things defensively, Troy was, that just it's, sometimes it seemed like we caught the ball with 10 on the shot clock. And that, that's how much time we had to run stuff. And, yeah, just uh, in the end, one of those Brian Boyerisms I learned over the years is it's not the size of runs, it's the timing of them. And that one was uh, timed at a point where they really come back and get a win. Yeah, and – Offensive rebounding really was the biggest key for Troy. They finished with 16 offensive boards, and they were able to get so many of those offensive boards late in the game as they were charging back. And again, the Red Wolves win three of their final five, but they finished the season 13 and 20. Now, the way it's set up after the game, if the team wins, then Mike Bellato has enough time to do his press conference and then get upstairs and do radio with me. He was able to do that after the game on Tuesday when we beat Coastal Carolina, but there's no time the way it's set up for him to come still do radio after the game on Thursday. So Casey Stanley came up, and Casey's been with Coach Bellato a good part of his time here at Arkansas State. He left for a couple of years and went to Iona to work for Coach Patino, but came back this season. And he got a little emotional just talking about this team. And look, you and I have talked about it many times how this team has never quit. But I wanted to play these comments here because we can sit here and talk about Caleb Fields and the effort and what this team has been through with injuries and everything else. But uh, I thought his comments after the game were very telling. If you were to go into – and I don't know how good I'm going to be at this right now. Um, but if you were to go into our locker room right now, everybody's in tears. Like Terrence Ford – left everything he can out on the court. It's tough because, you know, obviously you guys see us on game day and, you know, it's a struggle sometimes. But if you understood what some of those guys have been through this year, I, I get emotional just even thinking about it. 
the fact that Caleb Fields literally has been playing with a broken hand for two months and giving everything he possibly yeah. can. And, and we have – there were stretches this year where we had six people in practice that – how do you get better? How do you, how do you practice with six people? We have assistant coaches. We have managers. We have people helping out yeah. trying to practice. I've never experienced anything like this. And I'm going to be honest, the guys in that locker room could have quit a long time ago. But the fact that they came out every single day and gave their maximum effort, I am so proud of the character of everybody on that team, of everybody on our staff, because this, this, this year was something else, man. And the fact that they kept coming and people kept playing hurt. Caleb Fields could have shut himself down. A.B. could have shut himself down. Legitimately, doctors told them not to play, that the season's over. But those guys came back. Like the kid A.B., we don't talk enough about him. He came back just to practice. They told him yep. he could hurt his hand more by performing, and he just wants to come back just so we could practice. That's hard. So the men's team gets eliminated on Thursday. The women's team was still going on Friday, though. They had a fun run in Pensacola. They did. First round win over ULM back on Tuesday, 76-65. Then in the second round, just a, a thrilling game. <laughs> Anybody who was there, who watched it, who listened to it with Cade's call, I'm sure they're not going to be forgetting this game, but uh, just a, an absolutely fantastic college basketball game. Just so many big moments in this one. Red Wolves end up winning it in overtime 81 76 but you know lauren pendleton with a huge shot there on the baseline in the final seconds anna griffin hit a huge three late there in regulation to help force overtime but i'm sitting up there with, with our friends our buddies danny reed and jay walker and, and we're sitting there watching the fourth quarter in overtime we're all just shaking our heads at the performance from Izzy Higginbottom because <laughs> Izzy took over that game. She had seven points after three quarters. She finished with 28, and I think I saw where she accounted for 23 of the final 31 points that the Red Wolves scored. Maybe I think might have scored the first 13 or something like that. I of mean, the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. She, where you could just, I mean, she hadn't done a whole lot, just to be honest with you. She was had not had a big impact on that game, and then just came out when it came winning time. Then she just took it to another level. Uh, it was fun to watch, and then you know that Lauren Pendleton shot down to this team. It's it's a four point game with thirty seconds to go. End up getting it to overtime, tying it, and like the Lauren Pendleton shot. I'm like, it's one of those no, yes, no type moments because you're like. Oh, that shot's early. Oh, it went in. Yeah, too much time. Oh, no, now you got to go play nine seconds worth of defense in the women's game where you can advance at the half court with a timeout. So to weather that storm, to hold them off the nine seconds, and then uh, so you're really a 10-0 run because you were down four. Uh, You got to score a stop and a score to get it to overtime. Then the first six of overtime, by that point, you really felt like you are going to win the game. They did win the game, 81-76, and they advanced to the quarterfinals on Friday where they took on a Southern Miss team that they had lost to twice in the regular season. The thought was the third time was going to be the charm, especially with the momentum that the Red Wolves had at that point. But they credit Southern Miss. They came out with a good game plan and held Higginbottom scoreless in that first half. Now, Izzy did come alive in the second half, but 
Southern Miss goes on to win at 79-72. to 72. Well, the thing about Izzy, you say, well, they held Izzy scoreless in the first half, so it meant, right, we were down big at halftime. No. Down two. I mean, yeah. they did a heck of a job, the rest of that team did. So, in fact, you're encouraged at halftime. You're like, well, this is sitting pretty. Yeah. Third quarter, and this team seemed to be subject to some rough third quarters along the way, including, yeah. you know, the, the Texas State loss here, it was the third quarter. You know, the third quarter down in Hattiesburg was the time they got outscored 20-something to two in the third quarter. Well, they had a rough quarter against Georgia Southern yep. two nights before. They've turned Georgia Southern over enough to cancel out a monster number of offensive rebounds. They didn't turn Southern Miss over enough to overcome another monster number of offensive rebounds. In the first half, there were two different possessions where Southern Miss took five shots. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to ask your defense to overcome, basically just letting somebody shoot till they make it. It was kind of like the men. I mean, the, the women went down swinging. Oh, man. And they played very well in a lot of ways. And I think it was an encouraging way to end the season. They win five of the final seven. Yeah. And or actually, I mean, yeah, back that up. So let's see. They beat Troy, lost to James Madison, then won three in a row. So four out of six to close the regular season. A good run, a good bunch of wins. Not just that one, there was a kind of not a good week. You know, they didn't go down there and get lucky and have a good week they were playing well coming down the stretch of the season in a team that's really as we talked a lot about built around that sophomore class um just two seniors melody kapinga by all accounts has decided to come play her last year of eligibility she can come play as a grad student so uh bulk of this team if it chooses to be can be intact and uh they showed us kind of what the next couple of years could look like uh switching gears here baseball Five games last week, all at home. They swept a doubleheader against Mississippi Valley on Tuesday, a game that was scheduled for nine innings in the first game, but it lasted seven innings as the Red Wolves run-ruled the Delta Devils, 12 to nothing. And then the second game was scheduled for seven innings all along, and the Red Wolves win that one 3-2. to two. It was the quickest doubleheader in baseball history, I think. <laughs> Games lasting an hour 45 and an hour 44, respectively. Do you know, and I'm, and I'm fast-forwarding here, but did you hear us talking, and I can't remember either, and I think it was in the first game. Do you know that Arkansas State, in that doubleheader against uh, Missouri State on Saturday, one point had an offensive half inning that from the first pitch to the third out lasted two minutes and 30 seconds? Really? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. Two and a half minute, half inning. Everybody's on the clock anymore in baseball. And we finally saw that come into play, right? We yeah, saw there was a clock a, violation. And it was late in the game against Missouri State on Sunday. Now, kind of backtracking a little bit, two close games on Saturday against Missouri State. That's a, a very different philosophy for Missouri State. And Keith Gutton's been there a long time. He's second on the active wins list in Division One. won a ton of games. And he hasn't always played this game, but this year's Missouri State team plays like a big league team anymore. They don't care if they strike out. They average about 13 strikeouts a game, but they're up there swinging for the fences. They're among the national leaders in home runs and doubles. We saw very little small ball from missouri state they don't play small ball this year well, their small ball is hitting solo homers 
and that's why they, they held four them to. Of them yeah, in the first game on Saturday. But uh, yeah, they you know Missouri State wins five to three in the first game on Saturday. They win the nightcap six to four. Go I ahead. thought. I mean, listen, and I, I heard you know your interview with Coach Raffo after the game, and you know I, honestly, I, A State clearly played well enough to win either or both games of that doubleheader. Yeah. There were just some spots where they didn't get the hit along the way. Pitched it well enough, played defense well enough. It just kind of – he said it just felt like the entire day they were in that bad away. And I would agree with that assessment. You're upset with the result, don't like losing. But, man, I mean, honestly, both sides, those were two well-played games on Saturday. I agree with that. And then on Sunday, just a wild game. <laughs> two different games. We had a pitcher's duel and a shootout. Yeah. Halfway through, it's one-to-one. One-to-one going into the bottom of the fifth. A-State scores twice to take the lead at three-to-one. That felt like a big lead at the time, (laughs) the way that game was going. And then the Red Wolves tack on four more in the sixth. Two-run doubles from Dedrick Kale and Cody Darcy. And you're thinking, man, this game's over. We're going to cruise these final three innings, and Missouri State ties it up with a six spot Mm. in the seventh inning. They had a grand slam to kind of highlight that inning to make it seven all. But, hey, credit the Red Wolves. They come back. Dedrick Kale with a sack fly to center. That was his fourth RBI of the game. Scores Blake Burris, makes it eight to seven. And you're thinking, man, we really need some insurance here. Yeah, because you left the bases loaded. Right, yeah. so I mean, like, okay, well, hey, oh, well, the good news is you took the lead, but the bad news left the bases loaded, and with these guys batting, one's probably not enough, and then it was. They had the top of the order up in the eighth inning. We bring in the Brooklyn native, Jake Algy. <laughs> I've really enjoyed watching Jake pitch these last few years. He's a guy who goes out there and battles. He throws strikes. He works hard. I couldn't have been more happy for him yeah. the other day because – we were down our closer. Kevin Wiseman was out this weekend. Jake Algy comes in, retires the side in order in the eighth. They bring him back out for the ninth. He's facing the four, five, and six hitters for Missouri State. And he retires all three, strikes out the last two. A perfect two innings from Jake. He picks up his first career uh, yeah. save. It was awesome because, I mean, it literally, uh, it, it, no exaggeration. He's got to go get out six guys that could tie the game with one swing mm-hmm. because everybody in that lineup could in the eighth inning. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't allow a ball off the infield. We're like, well, boy, that was a heck of an eighth. And then, you know, a Wiseman's not available. You know, nobody's throwing. You're like, well, it's, it's his in the ninth. Can he do it again? And he came back and maybe threw a couple, you know, kind of missed maybe early with a couple of pitches in that ninth and then locked it back in and three up and three down. It, it was uh it was pretty cool. That was cool. That was a, a fun win. And, and Coach Raffo, once we got off the air, he said, look, we don't win that game last year. Yeah, because because that this team last year, that seventh inning doesn't end 7-7. Seven to seven. It ends up you're down 10-7 or something. Just It would have been, been worse than it was because it just would have snowballed. And look, bouncing back after that inning, after you had a six-run lead and it evaporating just like that you felt to like, take the lead again. Even at 7-6. Forget it when they even made it 7-7. Even when they hit the Grand Slam and it was still 7-6 Arkansas State, felt like you were down four or five runs Yeah, from an energy standpoint. It was just, oh, you've got to be kidding. But a good win for the Red Wolves to wrap up the week. So they win three out of five games 
over the course of the week. The bowling team went up to Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> they go 11-1 and at the Big Red Invite. They beat the host team, Nebraska, on the final day. But they finished yes. second in the event to Nebraska. And this was due to the total pinfall. So, at the, at this point, like, I'm not sure. Why are you even counting the record? I mean, like, why are you even playing the Baker matches? Why is it like we're just playing X number of games and whoever knocked down the most wins? Now, Justin Costick, by and large, I, he he's pro- in favor of yeah, this. He won't say a whole lot about it because he is a total pinfall guy. Like, right, he thinks the Baker format is sort of made for TV in the national championship. Mm-hmm. But it came back to kind of bite them here because they had the best record. They had the MVP of the tournament. They beat the host team that won on the last day and still somehow managed to finish second. Maggie Toma finishing as the tournament MVP. The men's golf team also in action this past week. And a good showing. In a home event. A home event. They were the co-host of the Lake Las Vegas <laughs> Intercollegiate. I did not know yes. that part. They uh, are one of 15 teams to compete at the lake las vegas intercollegiate in henderson nevada and they finished fourth so a good showing for them and four players finishing t20 or better in that event you can tell it was a home event because uh, i mean out of uh what, what did you say 15 teams so 20 percent of the field was arkansas state little rock and uca <laughs> they all went out to las <laughs> vegas to play against each other the only thing that comes close to that was us hosting a home game in Kansas City one time <laughs> against Missouri. The golf does some crazy ones uh, in terms of like who hosts. And bowling's kind of gotten that way, too. You see some wild sort of hosts. But I think like Michigan hosted a tournament in Las Vegas. You see thousands and thousands of miles from home playing a home event. All right. So good finish for the men's golf team. We'll take a time out. Be back to wrap things up right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Not a very busy schedule coming up this week as far as A-State athletics, at least not compared to uh, what we've seen here in recent weeks. Of course, basketball over, but the baseball team's still going. No midweek games for Tommy Raffo's crew this week. They'll host Eastern Illinois Friday at 6, Saturday at 3, and Sunday at 1. This will be the final non-conference weekend series before conference play begins the following week. So it's important to play well going into the series in Lafayette the following week. We saw, too, your last weekend schedule got altered. We're interested to see what happens this weekend because it depends on when you're listening to this. You know, the middle to late part of the week, not really good from a weather standpoint. Track and field coming up this week. So happy for friend of the podcast our buddy cameron newton smith she'll be competing in the ncaa indoor track and field championships in albuquerque she's one of 16 to compete in the pentathlon and she's still has the second highest score in the nation this year allegedly yep yep in the pentathlon so looking forward to her competing and you remember a few weeks ago when she was here her just talking about and getting emotional mm-hmm. about how much it means to her to finally compete 
at nationals and now she has the opportunity 2020 she's on the track when it gets called off right before she's about to compete that was COVID. after that you know she's at the sunbelt championships she's going to nationals but she gets injured and now she finally gets this opportunity and hopefully the third time's a charm for cameron newton smith and just happy for her that she gets this chance this weekend yeah agreed uh certainly enjoyed our visit with her and uh, and to get a direct look at what it means to her uh so certainly wish her the best all right anything we need to discuss before we get out of here no i don't think so uh sure if i thought long enough i'd come up with something but if it's not around the top of my head it's probably not worth <laughs> fishing for i do want to mention too cody darcy of a state baseball didn't mention this earlier currently leading the nation in doubles always cool when you got a national leader so and we may t- yeah it's something else i want to talk about too if we didn't hear along the way is just that uh i can't remember the last time will french had a bat at bat my god oh, every he, time it's whether he gets on base or not i just can't remember saying boy he didn't get anything out of that at bat <laughs> he's really really fun to watch locked in at the top of that order fun to watch and he's just a sophomore and has started every game since he set foot on <laughs> campus last year so uh, good to see him performing well hey thanks to john hoskin for coming in enjoyed that visit appreciate caleb gardner for setting that up as well for brad i'm matt have a great week everybody